everybody. Welcome to Between the Horns. Happy Valentine's Day. It is February 14th, 2019. It still, I don't think, is registered to me that we are in year 2019 because we were like in the 2018 season for so long. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Miles Simmons. Across the table from me is DeMarco Farr. What's up? Hey. How many checks do you write? How many checks do I'm I write? Right? Are you I, all online or do you I'm, write checks? I am a lot of online, yeah. Are you? Okay. I, so I don't, really write, I don't really write any checks a month. I think I write like two or three checks a month and I still put... 2018. Yeah. Like, I have to stop and remind myself it is 2019, so I right. see where you're going. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because it's been the 2018 season until, like, literally a week ago, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that fun? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that's the way it should be. Exactly. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Champagne I like working issues. through February. But now we are approaching the 2019 off season, mm -hmm. and so we also have a full list of the Rams free agents, and so that's where we will start our off-season discussion. No doubt. I wonder if Les Need, it, what can he do for an encore? Last off-season was fun. It was. Last March was great. I wonder, is, can he do it again? Will he do it again? I Does he know. have to do it again? Well, that's the thing. I mean, about this time last year, we started getting the reports of like, oh, the Rams have traded for Aqib Tlaib. The Rams have traded for Marcus Peters, and we couldn't talk about them. Right, right. You know? <laughs> that's true. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Because it's tampering. Oh, and so it's sucks. interesting, you know, a couple days yeah. ago, or maybe was this yesterday? The Broncos traded for Joe Flacco. Was that yeah. yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I like. What the hell is Elway doing? I don't know. What the hell is Elway doing? Hey, really, man. Flacco? Haven't you watched the last four years? Look, you know what? It's funny because remember when we were in Denver and you said Case Keenum is like number thirty-two of thirty-two starting quarterbacks. Did I say thirty-two? He's always going to be replaced. Ye pretty much, uh, or thirty-three. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, yeah. And like that's—I yeah. I don't want to talk bad about Case because Case no. is a good guy. He was good to us, but yeah, like. Yeah. I just think that that's very interesting, you know? Like, Case Keenum is the guy that you have there, and you're like, yeah, he's fine, but well, then you I, always want to yeah, replace him. I'm not trying to diss the guy, but I think he's had enough chances. He is who he is. I mean, I'm not dissing the guy. I love the man, love the family man. Love yeah. his family. But, I mean, we're talking about his play. I think play is fair game. I, you I know? agree. And pretty much every single year, if you put forth replaceable stats, then you will be replaced. Right. There's nothing... That we're speaking out of school about, right? I, I no, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> right, right, but that's uh, yeah, but yeah. that's the he's first a fair to midland quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. So you have those elements going on, and there probably will be more trades, and we'll see if the Rams do or do not make one that we can't talk about until yeah. the new league year on March thirteenth. No, I, I was reading about the Redskins going at it again. They're probably going to draft another quarterback this year. They've got and to. And I'm like, wow, it's nice to live on this side of that. Oh yeah. When you actually have one that's developing, that's pretty good now. That's going to get better. Oh, the unfortunate thing with Washington. I mean, Alex Smith's leg is, is bleeped up. How many times have you seen that video? Uh, not too many, because I can't watch that. I love violence. I love combat sports, but I can't watch that stuff. I can't watch a guy having his leg broken. I, I just yeah. that, that disgusts me. It really turns my stomach. Yeah. The sight of blood doesn't bother me. Love it. But I can't stand watching legs break. Really? Well, it's it's horrible to watch, and it's hard to watch. And yeah. then you see Alex Smith, and he's still got this cast, and it's got pins in the cast, yeah. keeping the legs stabilized. And so, you really, get for you, County. well, you you hope that for the man, you, <laughs> yeah. you hope that you know he's going to be all right. With that. No doubt, no doubt. But as the quarterback, well, you know. No well, one bites the dust. That's their right. problem over there on the East Coast. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, yeah. right now the Rams are going to have 22 total free agents. So wow. 12 unrestricted, 4 restricted, and 6 exclusive rights free agents. And yes. So we're going to go through, I'll just go through them all, read the list. Why do they, why do they even say exclusive rights free agents? Well, because technically your contract is up. Yeah, but you can't negotiate but, but just one team. Correct. So you're not really a free agent. You're not. Just... 
yeah, call it something else. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, like you're an exclusive rights non-contract something, player. Something, right. Just don't now. put free agent. Free agent is good. Yeah. Yes. Exclusive rights, not so much. Right. Yeah. So we'll go through the list and then I'll, I guess I'll explain a little more about what each of those things are in case people don't know. So the 12 mm-hmm. unrestricted free agents got Sean Mannion, LaMarcus Joyner, CJ Anderson, Sam Shields, Rameek Wilson, Bryce Hager, Dante Fowler, Roger Saffold, Dominique Easley, Dominican Sue, Ethan Westbrooks, and Matt Longacre. Oh, I know the guys I want back already. All right. Yeah. Well, well, well let's hold. start with all of them. Hold. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you got four restricted free agents. Yeah. That's safety Blake Countess, cornerback Troy Hill, running back Malcolm Brown, and linebacker Corey Littleton. So those are your restricted uh-huh. free agents. And so then the exclusive rights free agents who are not really free. So if you're an exclusive rights free agent, basically it's the Rams will be able to sign you. They are the only people who can sign you unless the Rams say, eh, no, we don't want you. You can go wherever you want. Right. So those six guys are Kaderil Hodge, JoJo Natson, Kevin Peterson, cornerback, who you may remember he tore his ACL mm-hmm. all the way back in training camp, uh, Dominique Hatfield, cornerback, and then outside linebacker Garrett Sickles also suffered a season-ending injury, and defensive end Morgan Fox, who tore his ACL back in OTAs. I like and him. he was, yeah, I like him too. What happened to Hatfield? He's not injured, right? I want to say he was. Okay, at one point he was in the too deep, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. Right. It's funny how that happens. Yes. So, again, I mean, that's a lot to process, like 22 names that you just sort of read off of a list. It's not so many. It's just 22. It's a lot of names. That's not too many. That's just 22. I know. I'm just saying it's a lot to process. Okay. I'm I'm talking about for the audience. All right, go ahead. Anyway, but I I, want to start with the guy who's been around the longest, and, and that's Roger Saffold. And yeah. so we have some sound of Roger Saffold talking about um, his contract situation and the way he sees it and the way, you know, the fact that he does want to be back. So let's toss to that right now. Um, I'm sure that there'll be uh, conversations in the near future, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, definitely not how I wanted to end it, my possible last game with this team. Um, but for me, you know, now it's time to think about what's going to be right for me and my family. And, uh, you know, wherever that path may lead, you know, there's no ill will to this team whatsoever. Do you want to be back? Of course. I've said that I've said that all throughout the year. So I don't think that it's any surprise that people know that I want to be back. Um, at the end of the day, though, um, I need to make sure that it's, you know, something fair for me, something that I, you know, can not take advantage of, but something that I can use and feel, feel that I was treated fair. So, DeMarco, what do you what do you think about what Saffold had to say there? I think he's exactly right. Um, do I want him back? Absolutely. Uh, do I think he's one of the best guards or best players on this football team? Without a doubt. Now, everything he said is exactly right. I mean, your job as a football player, any profession, is to put as much distance between you and the street or you, your family and the street as possible. So you have to get every dollar you can, every cent that you can. Um, I do not believe in hometown discounts, but if it's close, uh, I do – value your place on this football team not just your position but your place on it and I think he's very important so um, you never know how these things are going to go or how some other team is going to value him they could overvalue him you have to run and take that if you're a businessman but I think everybody in this room and everybody listening to us would love to have Roger Southfield back on the field next season absolutely I, I totally agree with you I think that that's got to be 
one of the top priorities um, going into this offseason for the Rams is bringing Roger Saffold back. And you don't want to break the bank to do it. You know, as you said, if somebody, you know, decides that they want to pay him X amount of dollars to come in and, you know, you know, you you, you stabilize this offensive line, maybe you play left tackle, maybe you do something else, but we're going to pay you X amount of dollars and we're going to you know pay you a lot of money. Then, yeah, I think from his standpoint, he's, he's got to take a look at that oh, and no say, doubt. like, yeah, you're setting up your family, not just for now, but for down the line. That, that's got to be a priority for him. And look, if you're his agent, I mean, you have to remind people he's what, two, three years removed from being Mr. Versatility? Yes. The guy can play everywhere. Yes. Uh, so there are a lot of teams, or every team needs a guy like Roger, including this one. So now it comes down to just money. Who's going to offer the most for his services? And where does he feel comfortable? I don't know how old his kids are. You know, I don't know either. Yeah, I, I, all I do know is he's really upped his suit game in the last <laughs> couple of seasons. I mean, he's like been, you know, bringing hats and, and vests and, and shoes and whatnot. So uh, he's gone a little Hollywood, and I love it. I do. Yes. I think he. I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it. Well, not only that, I mean, he feels comfortable here. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the guys who... When Sean McVay came in, they really bought into it. You know, I think about him, and I think about Michael Brockers on the defensive side. Guys that had been around this team for a really long time, and then, you know, some new coach comes in, and he decides he wants to do X, Y, Z, and they bought in. And because, I mean, frankly, they yeah. wanted to win, and they wanted to work as hard as possible in order to make sure that happened. No doubt. It's not just buying in, man. I mean, you have to assimilate. You have to get better. I mean, you have to compete. This yes. guy that's coming in didn't draft you, you know, doesn't know you. You're going to have to earn it. Um, I think I went through how many head coaches? Four or five in seven seasons. So every year you're going to have to prove yourself all over again. So whatever you did in the offseason, you're going to have to do it again. Whatever you did in training camp to make the football team, you're going to have to do it again, no matter what year you're in. Can you imagine going into year eight and nine, having to prove yourself again over and over? I know uh, you think once you hit towards double digits, even Chris Long said this, he'd love to take a day off and practice at least once. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You think at some point you'd earn it. But I mean, when you switch teams, you switch coaches, you have to you have to show and prove and earn it all over again. It takes years off your career. It probably does. But I think just in the last couple of years, because McVay and Cromer have stabilized Roger Saffold's position. Yeah. And we've seen him be able to really excel at left guard as opposed to moving around from right side to left side. I, I remember Sean McVay said this right after he got hired when he was looking at the 2016 film of the Los, of, of Los Angeles Rams and everything that was going on, especially offensively. He said that you could see Roger Saffold basically play all of the offensive line positions except for center Mm -hmm. in the last six to eight weeks of that season. Mm -hmm. So when you have Roger Saffold and you're able to put him at left guard, you're able to put uh, Andrew Whitworth beside him on the left, uh, John Sullivan beside him on the right, that really stabilizes that position and it stabilizes him and it allows him to excel. Yeah, Havenstein turned out to be a good right tackle. Uh, Jamon Brown and then Austin Blythe turned out to be a good right guard, guys you can plug in and trust. So you can afford to put Roger Saffold in one place to be good, to be great, to to reach your potential. You know, being Mr. Versatility is one thing, man. I mean, being able to play all four or five spots is one thing, but being able to hone in on just one and just locking in that side. I mean, really honing your game down to just the left guard spot. It frees you up as an athlete, man. I mean, think about it. You can go to sleep at 8 o'clock because you know I'm only playing that position. 
Not all five. Right. You know, I don't have to worry about that in. I don't have to worry about that tackle. I don't have to worry about that nose tackle. All I got to worry about is what's to this side. Right. And that's it. Uh, it. It really frees you up and it allows you to play a different game, which is what you guys saw in the last two seasons with Roger Saffel. Yes, exactly. So do you think, like, what is it about the scheme, do you think, with, with Chrome or with McVay that has helped Roger so much to, to be oh. the, the guy he is? Well, I mean, number one, um, Everybody on this offensive line, I would hate to play against. I mean, they're good. They're great. They're, they're technically sound. They're well coached. But this offense is a mind screw. Mm. I mean, I just can't dig in and tee off on the quarterback because it could be a screen. It could be a draw. You got Todd Gurley back there. So I'm worried about so much other than you that it's, it's twice as hard to play against you in this offense. So, and even when it does get down to, and I hate to say it, nut cutting time and it's third and a mile and I got to get there. Now you've got to go through some pretty good, technically sound players, especially out to that left side. Yeah, Roger's been in it a long time. Witt has been in it a long time. He's seen me twice over. He can block me. He's blocked me before. So even when it gets to man in a phone booth, it's me versus you, these guys are still pretty good. Right. Now on first and second down, McVay's killing me. <laughs> and, and he's helping these guys beat me. But on third down, I got to get past these guys, and it's still hard to do. Right, and I think that is the biggest thing. When you have guys who are so experienced, mm -hmm. I mean, when, especially with Whitworth. And, and in so, shape. Yes. Yeah. They're in great shape. Uh -huh. And that's, that, I think, speaks to the, 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 the way that they've done the offseason program and going into the season and how they maintain yeah. guys throughout the course of the regular season and into the postseason. You know, you don't really see these guys slow down. No, outside of Havenstein, who's got, you know, he's got the Labanza around the midsection. The Labanza. Yeah. What the boiler. The I'm... spare tire. He's got a he's got a he's he's got the look, you don't see a lot of like weightlifters, the strong the strong guys, strongest men in the world yes. that don't have bellies. You you need a belly to be strong. Yes. I mean he's got the belly, but everyone else is pretty pretty lean up my, front. My grandfather calls that Dunlap disease. Dunlap. Your my... belly dunlapped over your yeah, I yes, got you. Your yeah, belly yeah. dunlapped over your belly. Absolutely, exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> Um, now, Sully's round, but he's not fat. That's just the way he's shaped. I wouldn't call any of them fat. No. They're world-class athletes. Right, but, I mean, when you look at Sully, he's got the round look, but he's not fat. I mean, there are some fat centers out there. He's not one of them. He's just <laughs> round-looking. But they're all pretty good. You have to be in shape to be in this offense because if you run the offense, you stay ahead of the chains, it's almost a guarantee you're going to play 75 snaps a game. Yes. For 17 weeks plus playoffs. It's true. Yeah, you got to be in shape for that. Yes, no no doubt. Um, do you think that there is a pretty solid market for a guy like Roger Saffold outside of uh, outside of this team? I think so. Uh, when you look at some of the quarterbacks that got the, you know, the, the hell beaten out of them and some of the O-lines that failed and guys that got hurt, um, Sure, you may be losing people or thinking about making a switch, and Roger may fit perfectly for what you're trying to do on a new staff or a new philosophy. But like you said, how much are you are you willing to pay for that? Right. You know, going forward versus draft that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and does he like to fit? Remember, the reason Andrew Whitworth chose this team was eight to ten games on grass guaranteed. That's got to be in your mind if you're Roger Saffold. Mm -hmm. You're an older guy now. You want to go play on turf? You know, for 11, 12 games a year and shorten your career, eh, it may be worth a couple of mil to stay yeah. <laughs> versus doing that. You know, how much do you think that might change going into 2020? I mean, I don't know the, exactly the type of turf that's going to be in um, LASED, but, you know, I, it seemed like, at least to me, like that turf that they played on in Atlanta, that seemed like decent turf. Well, I mean, I think you want natural surface. If you can pick a natural surface, pick the natural surface. 
Well, but I don't know that they, but they can't. I mean, it's yeah. in, it's kind of in, it's not inside inside, but it, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's <laughs> if you can pick a natural surface, pick the natural surface. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, Especially on that side of the ball. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Um, when it comes to though, Andrew Whitworth, and he's got this decision that he's going to make whether or not yeah. to retire. He said um, to I think Pedro some money on AM uh, AM five seventy yesterday that he's going to try to make that decision by March thirteenth, which Good. is the opening of free agency. How much does that affect what the Rams might want to do with Roger Saffold? Wow. I don't know if you've ever set out to achieve a goal and you came one step short in hmm. your life. Hmm. Have you ever? Like, I don't know, a hike, uh, a mile run, uh, a swim. I was thinking, I'm thinking about Valentine's Day, so I'm thinking about a Valentine's Day? <laughs> because it's Valentine's explain. Day, so okay. it's a date. You know, like you come up one step, I don't know, never mind. What are you trying to say, Miles? I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm just, I've been single for a long time, DeMarco. I'm, I'm just saying, mind. look, it was his, uh, I remember, uh, was it um, versus Dallas? Andrew Whitworth walking off the field last or next to last, and someone mentioned in my ear, this is his first playoff win ever. The guy's been doing this a long time and has mm-hmm. been on some pretty good regular season teams and had never won a playoff game. So that was a big deal. And then you move on beyond that. He won the NFC. Now he's in the Super Bowl. So... It takes a lot of work for anybody to get to that point, especially an older guy. So you climb the hill, you get all the way to the top, but you don't bring back a trophy. Now, that's going to weigh on you because you're going to have to start all over again and do it one more time. So, you know, maybe you this was your last hurrah. Maybe this was all you could muster to get to this point. So, you know, from now until March 13th, until he makes that decision, I'm sure he's going to weigh everything. Like, do I really want to do this again? Do I really want to go through camp again? Do yeah. I really want to go through 16, seven weeks of hell just to qualify for four more weeks of hell right? <laughs> to, right. to get to where I want to go? Yes. Yeah. No, that's tough. But I think from that perspective, if Whitworth does decide, okay, I want to hang it up, doesn't that make it even more of a priority to bring back somebody like Roger Saffold? Because in theory, at least, you're going to have a young guy in Joe Noteboom that would ascend to the left tackle spot. Right. So you would probably want that veteran guy in Roger Saffold to be able to be next to him so you're not just breaking in two new starters. Oh, not, uh, yeah, yeah, I see where you're going. I mean, it yeah. just depends on what you have on tap. I mean, with Andrew Whitworth, I, I believe... And think, we don't know, because he hasn't started a game yet, but I believe Joseph Noteboom is going to be okay at left guard or left tackle. I, I do, too. He's going to be okay or good wherever you put him, just like a Blythe, just like a Rob Havenstein. There's going to be some, some head-scratching moments while he learns, but once they start to pick it up in this offense, I think he's going to be just fine. So if you have another option at left guard or at left tackle, then it'll be easier to, I guess, get over the losses of these guys if you do lose them. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes. But if you lose wit, it doesn't mean that you have to bring Roger back, in my opinion. I okay. guess that's a long way of trying to say what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I think that makes sense. Um, but one other interesting guy who's going to be an, und- uh, excuse me, an unrestricted free agent is Jamon Brown out of New York. And so maybe you bring wow. back him. Because you like Jamon Brown. Who doesn't? He was cool. I know. Yeah. Great guy. Funny. Good player. And getting better. Right. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he's a less expensive option. You bring him back and you plug him in. If he wasn't so big, I would I would punch him right in the face. Why? Because the only reason he's not here is because of something he could have controlled. 
Ah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You opened the door for someone else to take your job. And, and, and kicked it down. And he kicked awesome the door down and down. wouldn't give it back. Yeah. So if there's an opportunity there, absolutely. Um, do I think that he's learned from his mistakes? I hope so, because you're not here. They went to the Super Bowl without you. You're in New York. So I, I hope that was a big lesson learned. But the guy can play. I think he has gone against Aaron Donald more than anyone. Probably. And I think he's become better because of it. If you can get your hands on Aaron, you can get your hands on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we talked about going into last season before he was traded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, he or let go. Waved. Excuse me. He was, he yeah. And then um, New York picked him up. But yeah, I think that that is just an interesting option that's out there because now, so Rob Havenstein, if you remember, he signed that uh, that extension right before the season. So he is going to be with the team, you know, for the foreseeable future. You have a guy in Austin Blythe who I thought got better over the course of the year. And yes, I mean, he did not play his best game in the Super Bowl. He even said that to me um, mm -hmm. when we were talking in the locker room after. But <clears throat> I think... You know, that's another guy that is young and that can keep ascending. You know, John Sullivan is another guy who's getting up there. He's a little bit older. He's got another year on his contract, though. Getting up there? What? Well, he's up there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not as old as Andrew Whitworth. No, so that's but he's, why. he's up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's another Maybe not guy. Not years, but the about. mileage, no doubt. Yeah. Right, right. So. Just you have a younger side of the right off right side of the offensive line, and I think you will obviously get younger eventually on the left side. But just from the standpoint of you know, if you're an, if you're a free agent out there, and you if there's a free agent out there, I should say, and it's somebody that already knows your offense, mm -hmm. and you can bring them back. That's True. that's something that's kind of attractive. No if doubt, you need it. No doubt, and there could be some other guys out there that fit your offense a little bit better along the line. True, um, because like you said, when you go and look at last season and you hit that rough patch towards the middle to, to like me, after the bye week like after the bye yeah. week to me it's because the offensive line got a little banged up and tired i agree now imagine a bunch of young guys that don't get tired right you know 25 26 27 year olds that just can keep going forever that that are just hitting their prime so perhaps maybe and this is a big maybe maybe the offense can get better or it just doesn't have that drop off you know due to fatigue and age Yes, yeah. yes, yes, no doubt. All right, let's turn it to the defensive side oh, yeah. of the ball because there are some... Uh, you skipped over Mannion. Well, I was going <laughs> to keep talking about starters. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about Sean Mannion Well, right I mean, now? look, he's one hit away from being out there. He is? Yeah, your backup quarterback is, is just as important as your starter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially a quarterback that puts himself puts himself in harm's way, like Jarrett does when he does scramble, uh, when he does those read nakeds or boot nakeds. He's out there by himself. You know, he took a beating in the Super Bowl. He did. Yeah, I mean, one of those could have been the one that puts Mannion in the game. So it's very, very important we talk about the backup, don't you think? No, that's fair. Yeah. I think part of the interesting thing with a Sean McVay offense is that there aren't necessarily that many vet quarterbacks out there that would be able to step in and know it right away. Mm -hmm. So one of them would be Colt McCoy, mm -hmm. but he's still under contract in Washington. Mm -hmm. And especially given the way their quarterback situation is, which we touched on at the top of the show, uh, I don't think Colt McCoy is going anywhere. I mean, in, in some ways, you know, maybe a vet like Brian Hoyer would be decent Hoye? to know. Hoye still around? Because, well, <laughs> did you read the article? I mean, this was in, um, I think, Sports oh, Illustrated Monday Morning Manning, Quarterback. The Manning thing? Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, he watched the detail thing. And then yeah. he also watched some other stuff. And he's like, I know this offense. And then that's apparently how the Patriots got so well prepared for this. I wouldn't bring him into the locker room just yet. Okay. Yeah, with that knowledge. Oh, or at least keep him with the offense then. Yes. Yeah. 
Or no, keep him away from the offense. Keep him away from the. <laughs> keep offense. him away from the offense. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it, John Gruden comes to mind when he flopped teams from Oakland to Tampa. Yeah, and then gave Tampa everything he knew about Oakland, and they just annihilated them in the Super Bowl. Exactly. So, yeah, you might need to keep that separate for a little while. Sure. Yeah. Well, then that would mean you wouldn't want Sean Mannion going to somebody. <laughs> right. Right. Which could possibly happen in the Super Bowl. But I mean, yeah. like Sean Mannion could go to someplace like Cincinnati and back up for Andy Dalton. Because, you know, Zach Taylor's there. Or he could go to Green Bay and yeah. back up somebody like Aaron Rodgers he's because Matt Lafleur is there. Yeah, he's got an arm, and that arm will travel. And he's smart enough to pick up, what, how many offenses so far since uh, he's been in the league? At least four. two. Four offenses? Three. Three, excuse me. Three. So Boris. Boris. McVay. Who's the other McVay, one? McVay, Signetti. Signetti, yes. In 15. Smart enough to battle it out, uh, remain on a football team, and pick up three offenses, Yeah. Uh, either he's going to wind up starting someplace at some point, or he's going to be an offensive coordinator when he's done. I compared him to Derek Anderson once. Remember when I did that? I do remember Derek Anderson. Yeah, Yeah. that's who I kind of compare Sean Mangan to, because Derek Anderson's a guy that's been around in the league for a long, long time, and, you know, they're both... Uh, Oregon State quarterbacks that yeah. got rocket arms. Sean, Man- I mean, Sean Mangan can stick around this league for a long time. I, well, I, I hope he performs a little bit better when he gets his shot Sure. than Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, who knows, though? I yeah. mean, the only way to know is to play him, and I don't want to find out because that would I, I'd rather it. see Jared play. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, so now we will turn it to okay. the defensive Fair side enough. where you've got safety LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, yeah, and last please year- don't wind up in San Fran. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't wind up in this division. Okay. If not here, right. Well, because last year he was tagged, you know, Uh he had that franchise tag that brought him back. And the Rams did want to sign him to at least a couple, uh, a longer term deal. They just couldn't get anything worked out. Uh, At least that's my understanding of it. And so I'm interested to see what happens here because honestly, I don't necessarily see the Rams franchise tagging him for a second time. Do you? Uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it would surprise a lot of people because you would say the the numbers that he's going to be paid doesn't match his production. So right. I think you have to look beyond the the box score to find his value to a football team. So it might look bad to some people outside of the building, like outside of the defensive meeting room. Yes. It might seem like, wow, that's too much for a guy that doesn't really give you much. But if you're in that room and you sit next to Wade Phillips – he can explain to you exactly what he brings to the defense and how important he is. Well, I think part of it is that, you know, teams a lot of, for much of the season did not attack the Rams down the middle. And so, like, there were a couple games where I don't remember if it was John Johnson or whatever, I think, like, said to me, you know, well, Marcus came back and said, you know, oh, I enjoyed watching that game. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> there wasn't much for me to yeah. do. I think that was after the Cardinals game that he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, really, in the Cardinals game, Marcus Jordan really had nothing to do because – they like that first one I should say in week two, yeah, where Sam Bradford threw for ninety yards. Like there, what what it was Lamarcus basically like a cardio exercise for him. Like yes, back up, sprint forward, clap your hands, get back on the huddle, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <Right. laughs> so I mean, it's interesting because you've now got this guy who has been a part of the Rams for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, five years. Five years. Is it five? Yes, yes. it's five. Okay. Because Frisbee his dog. first season, yes. Yeah. His first season was 14. Yeah, that's funny. He's matured exactly the way they said he would when he was drafted. You think? They said first he was going to be a slot defender, yep. and at some point he would rotate back to free safety, and then, you know, he'd be one of the best in the league. And I, I still think that's valid, regardless of his numbers. Yeah. Uh, the guy's 
he's available to you. He's always willing, never turns it down. He's pretty good in all phases. Uh, he and John Johnson III, they don't miss tackles very often. They do not. And if there was a stat, and I, it takes me forever to do this, and I'm not done, and I wish I was before this, but game-saving tackles for this defense, I mean, they're off the charts. For the struggles they had stopping the run, I mean, guys were breaking scot-free to the second level to where it's just safety and goal line. If you don't get this guy on the ground or at least get a piece of him, it's a touchdown. Both of those guys do a great job getting people on the ground, which is all safeties are about or should be about anyway, not the wow plays. It should be just about that. Well, I mean, think about the name of their position, right? Safety. Safety. Last line of defense. Yes. Yeah. Good angles. They're willing. Um, They come up and their head's always on the right side of the football. I mean, you can teach off both safeties. Young safeties, watch these two guys. If you want to know how to want to learn how to close on a banana route or be a good help defender, watch these two guys. Right. They're they're great at it. Right. And so I think from that standpoint, okay, it's going to be how can the Rams make sure that they're at least staying the same at safety? You know, you do not want to get worse at that position because you've had a guy that's been around, that's been in the locker room, right. that is really kind of a leader of this defense. Yeah. If you, you either need to re-sign him or maybe you do franchise him. If you can promise, or if Lesney can promise me, you'll find another John Johnson the third, a guy that can get it that fast. Remember when he came in yeah. and how fast he became a starter. Well, and, and not it, just a starter, a good player. It would have been faster had John not gotten kind of hurt in training camp, you know, because right. that kind of set him back a little bit. But then by week four, he was in on the field during the second half and became the starter the next week because they were like, all right, Maurice Alexander, no, we don't yeah. think you're doing this as good as John Johnson would. Of all the second-year guys last season, he's by far the best. He's he's improved more than any second year guy on this football team by far by, the best by 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 a wide margin. Wow. I think next would be Reynolds, maybe. I would say Cooper Cup, but oh, Cooper Cup. Okay, well, see, I keep forgetting because he got hurt. I know he got hurt, and but so he wasn't there. Reynolds yeah. tripled his production from year one to year two. Right. So I mean, go from year three to year four. Hopefully, that guy has a breakout season. But John Johnson the third from that rookie class has been. Great. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think, but there are a lot of players from that 17 draft class that have done a darn good job. I mean, from, you know, Cooper Cup, uh, John Johnson. I mean, those guys are really steals mm-hmm. to me in the third round. Samson Abukam, who had that tremendous yeah. game against Another Kansas guy City. who improved. Right. Yeah. Josh Reynolds, another one of the fourth round picks. Gerald Everett, who's still on the rise. We've seen him make good catches. So that's five guys right there True. That, from that draft class that have really been productive. Samson has really improved, but man, it's been like a bumper car. He's learned through pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he gets smacked, he gets beat. Okay, you'll never do that again. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm, I know he's still like, I'm still bugged by the pick he missed in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. That was your moment. I know. Oh, my God. That was six. Bounce your head off the goal off the goalpost and, and do, do a funny dance. Oh, my God, you'll never get that back. Nope. But yeah, and funny thing, the second-year guys played well. Who was your rookie of the year? This year? Yeah. John Franklin Myers. Why? Because he's, he's the only one that's played. But also, no, I thought he, but he did make the most of his snaps when he was in there, right? Like, okay. Uh, he was I, in no, there. I know. I know that he was basically yeah. the only one in there. There's no yeah. one on offense. No. Right. So Joe it's got to be. played like a few snaps. <laughs> right. Brian Allen played a few snaps. It's got to be him because of the number of snaps he played. Yes. That could have been necessity. Sort of, right, yeah, right. but I mean, that that doesn't, I don't think that takes away from his performance. Not at all, not at all. That man had a sack fumble in the Super Bowl, like, give him his due. I would hate to, like, award a guy a rookie of the year because there's no other candidates. 
that's kind of what happened. <laughs> it's 16 when Corey Littleton was the team rookie of the year. Well, he played his butt off on teams. I know. Yeah. But he played his butt off on teams. I mean, if Micah Kaiser saying, was a like, little, if kickoffs were real, I bet Micah Kaiser would be a candidate for rookie of the year. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. I mean, most of the time you're just jogging down on kickoff anyway. Yeah. They're not bringing it out. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's because that's what they want. Not to get off track. Sorry, no, I know. To sort of finish the safety discussion, yeah. I mean, if Joyner does walk, then you've got guys on the roster. I mean, Marky Christian would be one that I would say. Love Marky Christian. Because, just, yeah. Yeah, just you know, be better with your technique, yep. man. Yeah. Uh, you can't be penalized so much. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the production equal tolerance. Yeah. Like you're not getting enough production to tolerate the amount of penalties. No doubt. Are. You you mentioned Littleton, um, and this is the answer to my tweet, by the way. Who's the most undervalued guy? It's actually him. No one's played more snaps on this football team than him. He's played more football than Goff and Gurley. He's always on the field. The only time he wasn't the leading, the guy that's played the most snaps on the team per game, the only the only guy that's beaten him on defense has been Marquis Christian once. Mm. And that's because he had a boatload of special teams plays right. in a blowout game. But, yeah, I mean, Littleton has been available every single snap on defense plus special teams, and he makes an impact everywhere he plays. Absolutely. Yeah, he would be my most undervalued guy, just to answer that question. You answered it, like, way before we were supposed to Well, I just wanted it. to. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to get it out there before you beat me to it. All right. Yes. Well, that's fine. We can always circle back around to uh, it. Blake Countess is another safety, but he is going to be a restricted free agent. So no guarantee he'll be back, but I would expect that he would be. I hope so. Another guy that's getting better. Yeah. Uh, do you, you remember Rodney McLeod? Yes. You saw him get better in stages. Yes. It seems like Countess is on that same sort of career arc. He's just totally getting agree with better that. and better and better. Eventually, he's, he could be a starter for somebody. That's what I'm saying. Right so now, yeah. Y- yes. Like, it could be this team next year if he's back. LaMarcus Joyner is not back. You could see Blake Countess. No doubt. Um, I, I did, he did give us a scare versus the 49ers when he hit uh, Uschick up the middle yeah. and almost knocked himself out. Or yep. he did knock himself out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's, that's a world-class hit. That's a big-time free safety hit. Right. Uh, so sticking on the defensive side of the ball where you might see somebody get franchised, Dante Fowler yep. at outside linebacker. I think he's a guy that you want back. You know, you traded a third-round pick, and that pick is expected to be the first compensatory pick that the Rams get in that third round. They're expected to get two third-rounders, so that's the they will have their own third-round pick. Then the, comp- the first compensatory pick will go to the Jaguars to complete that trade, and then you will have a second compensatory pick in the third round. That's kind of complicated, but that's what it is. Anyway, right. I think that ideally you would bring him back because he really made an impact oh. in the eight games that he played in the regular season and in the postseason. I thought he was a monster. He had some of the biggest hits on the team. Yes. He was only here half the year. Yes. Uh, made some of the biggest plays in the playoffs, and he was only here half the year. So... You know, sometimes for, with the franchise tag, in my opinion, it's right place, right time. And I think he fits that. And he's good, too. Um, if you give him 16 starts at one of the outside linebacker positions, I think he's a double-digit sack guy. You know what I mean? If you, I, if you start him in minicamp, go through training camp, let him get familiar with everything you're doing and everybody around him, I, I think his game will blossom. No doubt. That, it's almost the same thing we said about Sammy Watkins last year. You remember? Right. At this time. But when we didn't Sammy, get it. Right. I know. When Sammy Watkins was also a candidate to be franchised and instead it went to Marcus Joyner. Um, but I think just the fact that you saw what Dante can do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's maybe a little bit easier to assimilate as a pass rusher when you're coming in and it's basically like get the quarterback. That's mm-hmm. your job. Go in, get the quarterback. But he had good numbers. I mean, yeah. two, two sacks in the regular season, forced fumble, fumble recovery. 
five, four tackles for loss, five quarterback hits. That those are good numbers in eight games. Great numbers. Uh, and he plays <coughs> the game similar to Aaron, which means sometimes he may violate the integrity of the defense in order to make a play. And it's not discouraged here. Sure. You, you don't get slapped on the wrist and yanked out of a game because you're in the wrong gap. The key is to make a play. The yeah. key is to hit him for a loss. Yep. So I think he, he experienced a certain sort of freedom here. Um, he was allowed to play his game. And I think as it kept going, he kept getting better and better. At some point in some series, even with Aaron on the field, he might have been the best player on the field wow. for certain drives. Wow. Yeah, the most dangerous player on the field or the guy that got you off the field. Well, More so than anybody else. He did. I mean, in the NFC Championship game, that's what he was able mm-hmm. to do. You know, he hit Breeze. Right. To, to force that that errant pass that John Johnson intercepted um, in overtime. And then Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl with a 57-yard field goal. So, you know, he yeah. had, a, he had a, one and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, three quarterback hits in the postseason. And yeah. to me, like the quarterback hits thing, like it seems like it's selling him short somehow. No doubt. Because he seemed like he was always in the back. He, I mean, look, even if he doesn't get there, I mean, he's coming from farther away than anybody up the gut. So there's going to be more hits, or at least should be, from an interior guy. Sure. But an outside guy can get a pressure, not necessarily a hit. Like he can affect the quarterback without actually hitting the guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're coming off the edge. You're free. You have to dump the football to avoid getting hit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. He's been that guy. Um, and look, I think he may be easier to sign long term. You know? So, I mean, it, it all seems like if you had a choice where you'd want to put the franchise tag, it might be him. And not yeah. just based on how he played, based on business, too. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, if you do do that, you prevent him from getting to the open market. He's definitely a guy that could be signed long term before that July 15th deadline. Yeah. You know, so. There's I, only like four or five teams that are going to use him the way he can be used, like here. Stand up, hand down, move around. I mean. And this is the best team. This is the best one of those teams, if that makes any sense. Like who else would you be like Denver? Of? Denver could use you. You okay. know, Baltimore guys with outside backers that stand up, hand down every other play sure. that feature outside uh, outside talent. There's not that many teams out there that can use you in that capacity. This is the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this team is expected to compete for a championship mm-hmm. next year as well. Right. So you know, if that would factor in in any way, yeah. you know, wanting to win. And then you also know the environment, you know the coaches, you know the players around you. So yeah. that, I mean, not, that, not you know, hometown discount, not that I'm saying that, but that is probably something that's a factor when you play. Yep. And when you've been through what Dante Fowler has been through in terms of, you know, being in Jacksonville, not really playing over the course of this season mm-hmm. until he got to Los Angeles and then boom, all of a sudden he's, he's out there yeah. all the time. You're not blocked by Ngukwe. Yeah. You're, you're the guy. And another thing is, you know, look, you've got the best defender on your team. You know, the guy they can't block the guy that's guaranteed to give you one-on-ones 90% of the time. This is where your bread is going to be buttered. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, for Nautican Sue, I mean, it's another headliner, another starter on the defensive end. Where do you see this going with him? I have no idea. I mean, look, there's, you can always use better defensive line play. And to me, it's the only thing that matters in the NFL. I'm sure, look, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, all that stuff matters. You have to score points. I get it. But if your D-line sucks, it doesn't matter how good your offense is. Well, it always starts up front, right? Of course. If you can't stop them, then what's the point, right? right? So, And the guy showed in the postseason that he still got it. Now, <laughs> yeah, he, he really does. Yes. Um, so Playoff Sue. How much are you willing to pay for that? That's yeah. the question. 
And how much is he willing to take? You know, um, you would hope that another go round for another for a chance in another ring is enough for him to stay. But if someone offers him money, big money, I, I wouldn't say you couldn't take that or you shouldn't take that. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the biggest thing to me that... Just would, don't land in the division. Yeah. <laughs> right. right? The, the biggest thing to me that it would be the hardest thing to replace about Ndamukong Sue is just the amount of snaps that he played. Mm-hmm. He played 88% of the Rams' defensive snaps over the course of regular And I bet season. he's still working out right now like Aaron. Yes. Yeah, they're, 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 they're on a different level. Those two are level. machines. They're on a different level. It, it, snap counts doesn't matter to them. Which is insane because it matters to every other defensive lineman but, in the league. But they've been working like this since they were in high school. I know. Yeah, there is no off-season for them. But when you think about who would be interested, look at San Fran. They've got one guy. They need help. Uh, I think Cleveland's got a guy, right? Uh, in uh, Miles Garrett. In Miles Garrett, yeah. that they need help. Yeah. Um, so there, wherever you see a a one stud team, that's where Sue is going to look more attractive. If I can put you with him, I've got something dangerous. Yeah. If I can put you with this guy, I've got something dangerous. If I can keep you here in LA with Donald, you already have something dangerous. That's where he becomes more attractive. That's where I think, you know, thinking about the teams that were going after him last year besides Los Angeles, Tennessee, somewhere where you had Jarrell Casey, uh, New Orleans, somewhere mm-hmm. where you had a guy like Cam Jordan. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's exactly the same thing. You pair this guy with somebody else, and boy, you know, you see what could happen. But you have to, like, also factor in how much he's going to make and make sure that that team he's going to doesn't have a quarterback you're paying yet. Huh. So you have to think young quarterback with a young stud on D-line somewhere. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yes. So you can afford Sue. Yes. Right. Yes. And so that's going to be interesting. I I think that, you know, be, between the guys that we've talked about, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the Rams and those guys and their representation are going to have to work through in order to say, all right, this is where we think it's going to be best for us to, to fit. Right. I mean, look, uh, look, I hope the euphoria of the Super Bowl hasn't worn off. And I hope the fact that that you lost to New England and in the fashion that you lost in is enough to drive the team to stay together to get one more push out of this. We're, we're better. We're better than what we showed. Yes. So you're going to have to do it one more time to prove it. I hope you can keep everybody together for it. I, I do, too. Uh, one other guy that I do want to bring up, uh, C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Where, where do you see his market shaking up? To you be? know, funny, um, it, it depends on what he, how he sees himself. Does he see himself as a starter? You know? Yeah. A guy that plays major reps or, you know... Is he going to be happy subbing for Todd when Todd is tired? Because when Todd is healthy, that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. When Todd is ready to go and he's 100% and he doesn't need a two-headed monster, it's going to be the Todd Gurley show. Are you going to be comfortable standing next to McVay 90% of the game? Well, that I mean, that's what it was with Malcolm Brown when Malcolm Brown was healthy. Right. Malcolm Brown is a restricted free agent, so that's another guy that I think could potentially be back, especially because, I mean, if Malcolm Brown had been healthy at the end of the season and we see him instead of C.J. Anderson, Malcolm Brown is probably being talked about as a guy, as a restricted free agent, that could go somewhere and get some good money. He would have beat the snot out of Arizona and San Francisco. I agree with that. With the way he was running and the way they were defending down the stretch. Absolutely. I mean, we would have he would have been the big story going into the postseason. Season. Yes. Yeah. So it is what it is, but it just depends on, you know, does he see himself as a starter and does another team see him as a starter? Or at least CJ Anderson yeah. or as a split time running back. Right. Which I think he can be very effective doing. But here it's going to be about Todd Gurley. They've already paid him to be that guy. Yes. 
No doubt. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny. Todd Gurley still led the league with 21 total touchdowns, 17 rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's despite not playing in the last couple games of the season. Right. So, Every know, time I say when Todd gets healthy, you look at me and <laughs> smile. <laughs> it's a raging debate. I know. <laughs> it's a debate, but like the an- from and we said this in the last podcast, from the answers that we have. Yeah. Todd said he's 100%. And I know you say just because he says he's 100% means he can play. McVeigh said there's no cleanup surgery scheduled. I can't say Todd's not healthy. Okay, then let's get in the film room with both guys and show me. We'll, we'll, we'll start from play one to the last play, and you tell me, do you see any difference in Todd Gurley? I'm not saying that there was or was not a difference. Am I going to believe I'm, you or my lion eyes? <laughs> I'm just saying to you, from my standpoint, from where I sit, right. I can't say Todd Gurley wasn't healthy. Fair enough. I'm I with just, you. I can't do it. I'm right th- because he says he's 100%. Right. And so did the head coach. Yes. I get it 100%. Yes. Yep. And they kept repeating it. No doubt. So that's what I'm going to repeat. And there's no conspiracy theory. No. Especially not in the Super Bowl. Like, I can understand well, if no. you're like, it, like by uh, your stance, there is. Because if he's 100%, then why, why isn't he playing more? What do you mean, why isn't he playing more? In the playoffs. In the Super Bowl. Because you had the, well, you didn't have any plays in the Super Bowl. Why am I, why do I need to argue with you like you're a Twitter follower? No, like I'm not, I'm this. just, I'm not, I'm just saying. Like, you don't know that the Rams only had two first but, downs in the first half. But if half. I take the stance of. They were one of ten on third he's down through three quarters. Then why didn't you play him more? Okay, I'll take the stance that he's not 100%. Okay, but But I'm he's just not going to say it, yeah. I'm telling you that it wouldn't have mattered whether or not how healthy Todd is because if your offensive line can't block and if they're not getting any push up front and if they can't get any first downs, yeah. you're not going to get in the rhythm offensively no. and you can't use the running back anyway. If you, so like that that's what that's that's the stuff that like if you know football, you know that. But and I know I'm talking to you right. and you're playing devil's advocate, no, and no, I know no, no. you know that. If you had September, October Todd in that Super Bowl, you have more than two first downs. It, but you don't have you don't, <laughs> if you have the September, October offensive line, you have more than two first True. downs. I love getting you worked up. It's so much fun. Uh, this is, it that, was my, sounds, that was my attempt at trolling. Right uh, I, I see that. <laughs> probably sounds ridiculous because no. I still sound. No, I just mean like the sound of my voice. No, so still it's congested. all good stuff. This is everything that everyone wants to talk about everywhere I go. It's always Todd. I know. Todd, Todd, Todd. Yeah. Todd, Todd, Todd. Marsha, yep. Marsha, Marsha. Yep. Um, so I did want to get to what you tweeted about, you know, the Rams player that yeah. is the most undervalued guy. Who? So since you already answered that it is Corey Littleton, who was? Who did you get from responses from like fans? Oh, mostly most? Littleton. Yeah. Uh, John Johnson the third came up, <laughs> and he's in the running. Um, do you know that John Johnson the third started every football game this year? Played, I think he was second on defense in snaps, second or third, and wasn't penalized once. He wasn't penalized once, really. All season long. Not even a declined penalty. I did. I, you know what? I did not know he, yeah. he was not penalized. I once. mean, so, I mean, it was close between Littleton and John Johnson III, but I had to go with Littleton because of how many snaps he played yeah. and how effective he was. Even the games where he wasn't the, the high watermark as far as play count, mm-hmm. like versus San Francisco, he beat the snot out of them that they gave him plays off. Yes. Yeah, both times. So... He was basically your Iron Man of the football team, so I, I had to go with him. Your uh, most undervalued for what he's being paid and how much he gave you. 
he's got to be your most undervalued guy. Yeah, I, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that you got when you look at somebody like John Johnson, who's undervalued maybe because he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl, different things like that. But you also got to look at to me somebody like a Robert Woods, mm-hmm. especially based on what his contract is. And I, since I retweeted it, I saw a lot of fans also um, said Robert Woods in there, but also a guy like Nikhil Roby Coleman. Big time. Somebody who excels in the slot, who's Ooh. always there. Can I tell you something? I'm watching Littleton Tate and John Johnson III, and the guy I keep coming back to is Roby Coleman. Yeah. I'm supposed to be watching these two, but I keep watching this guy over here. All he does is make plays. Yes. Especially when they go at him. Yes. Yeah. Undervalued. Uh, yes, no doubt. And the unfortunate thing is that, you know, if that play that he made in the backfield that he read so well, basically they called it a penalty. Oh, in the Super Bowl? Yes, in the yeah. Super Bowl. If that play is still a negative play, who knows the way that game is? True, ends. not devil's advocate. Okay. You didn't have to choke him and slam him on his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're, you're talking to a defender here. I mean... You didn't have to choke him and slam him on his head. The way I saw it, if you're going to call hit to a defenseless receiver, Roby Coleman was right there when the ball got there. I think that was the call that you had to make because that's the penalty, defenseless receiver. I think it was... It could have been a roughing call. You can't have roughing. It would be unnecessary roughness. Unne- unnecessary roughness. Okay. Because you did crank the head and slam. You tried to DDT him. Well, I didn't see it that way. How can you not? I don't know. Okay, thank you. Come on. I'm a Roby Coleman I guy. mean, I like him. You could have released the play was dead, and you could have taken the loss without burying the guy and not get the penalty. The play wasn't dead, though. I mean, you the play was dead when you hit him. He's going backwards. In theory, but what if he gets you've, out? You've seen Aaron and Sue let guys go. Yeah, we did see it in the in the NFC Championship game the, on the play before the Breeze thing. The one time, and I know <laughs> Sue's trying not to get penalized, right? And then they don't they don't blow it dead, okay, and then Aaron cleans it up. That's the one. T- I'm talking earlier in the year when they have had quarterbacks dead to rights and they didn't put their body weight. Yeah, on guys, yeah, you can not bury a guy. You didn't have to slam his head into the ground. Well. Whatever. It cost him twenty six grand. It did. I guarantee you, he won't do it again. Probably yeah. not. Well, yeah, especially yeah. in front of the white hat. Come on, don't even make it. Don't even make it a gray area for the guys. They're always going to penalize the defense. Uh, yeah, they yeah. are. They are. All right. Uh, so before we get out of here, I do want to get to some news. And I would, just to make it clear, this is not official, but it it might be in the next couple of days. Um, and it's definitely the way the wind is blowing. So I think we can still kind of talk about it a little bit. But Wes Phillips, uh, Wade Phillips' son. It looks like he will be joining the Rams as the new tight ends coach. And so Albert Breer reported this yesterday that Shane Waldron is going to move um, from his position of focus. He's still going to be pass game coordinator, but he's going to go from tight ends coach to quarterbacks coach and then still remain that pass game coordinator. And then Jed Fish, who was senior offensive assistant, will will then be promoted from senior offensive assistant to assistant offensive coordinator. Wow. So all that's coming from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback. So three years from now, Waldron will be a head coach. Three? (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, three years. Could could, be next year, man. You could be playing like all of your coaches now (laughs) that are are head coaches elsewhere. Oh. Yeah, yeah. they just keep moving up the pipeline, especially on that side of the ball. Yes, no doubt. I mean, what's cool, though, I think – is that you now have two father-son coaching duos mm-hmm. that are on the Rams staff between Wade Phillips, Wes Phillips, and then uh, Zach Cromer and Aaron Cromer on the offense. So that's kind of neat. Way to learn from Dad. It's not a Tommy Boy situation, right? I don't know what that means. You've never seen Tommy Boy? No. 
You know what movie I did watch over uh, the course of last weekend? How could you not have seen Tommy Boy? Easily. I watched it's Goodfellas. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. You should be happy that I watched Goodfellas, though. Why? It's like 90 years old. It's, I mean, it's 28 What'd years old. What'd you think of it? I liked it a lot. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? I like character? Martin Scorsese. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character in that movie. It's uh, a good question. I mean, I guess it's it Nicky would... Santoro, man. Nikki Santoro. <laughs> I don't remember everybody's name. That's so terrible. I watched this movie. I, I was like, I got to brag that I watched this movie on Between the Horns, and now I can't remember everybody's was, name. Did you watch it like on the TV version or like the real movie? No, I watched the movie. Oh, it was good. on HBO Go. Okay, all right. Shout out to HBO Go. Good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. great. You know what was interesting, though, about that? Like, I've seen that scene um, where they're going in and it, uh, the crystals, then he kissed me. Is yeah, yeah, playing yeah. In the background, yeah. it's like the single cam shot. Yeah, yeah. And like the long shot. About that. Yes, yeah. yes. It's really cool. And but in the context of the movie, it like makes it even cooler. Right. I so. love those long shots. Yes. Um, I wish more directors would try that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's hard to pull off, though, I guess. It, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. What was that other movie? Children of Men that had the longest one shot? How long was that shot? Like 20 minutes or something? It's a long one shot. It's huh. awesome. Yeah. Have you okay. seen? You haven't seen. Children no, I've not seen that. But there was a long <sighs> shot in the uh, the episode of Narcos Mexico that I watched. Oh, yesterday. really? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. It's nice. cool, like working in this kind of production environment because I notice things like that now. That's it's like. Yeah. Have a long shot. True Detective okay. had one All right. too. All right. Yeah. It's like McVeigh's offensive drives. It's like one long shot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're coming up on a bit of a break here, so we will yeah. not be in the studio next week. How are you going to spend your time? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, just getting ready for the draft, you know, going over some college guys. Um, a lot of guys have been disinvited from the combine. Yeah, I noticed that, too. That's interesting. Yeah, it, very interesting. And they're good players. So I guess reshuffling your mocks. You know, just having fun with mock drafts, you know, seeing what people have, seeing what the scouts have. Yeah. Love that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. Some guys, like the JoJo Natsons, Kadero Hodge, the Bryce Hagers, what have you, the special teams guys, right? Literally, around the league, guys are going to be watching their replacements at the Combine, and they don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. It's true. These young guys are coming in, and, you know, most of them are going to take jobs from people that are here right yeah so i mean for guys that like sue and like donald and goff girly it's your off season's a little bit different for some guys you got to compete with these young guys right now hmm. yeah no matter how long your season was yes you know what i mean so just getting ready for that sort of stuff and um helping some people get ready for minicamp yeah 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 going back up to the bay area okay. helping some guys that come through there very cool absolutely very nice. All right. I think I'm mostly just going to chill for a little bit. No. At least for a week. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch some movies. Good. Watch yeah. Children of Men. You'd like it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, cool. we'll be at the NFL Combine. At least I will be, uh, I should say, uh, starting February 26th. So I think <sighs> we'll get Tuesday, the media. Right? Yeah. So yeah. the media availability should start the 27th and the 28th. Yeah. That's usually when um, Coach and GM press conferences are. So, of course, we'll have a lot of coverage from that. And then we will uh, also have some more stuff off of the workouts and different things like that. So should be fun. Knowing who's who and who should perform well at the Combine, yeah. right, from this point on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's one of the best parts about the – I think one of the best parts about the offseason is going to the Combine and getting to see people you know that work for other teams. Yeah. You just don't get to see that often. No doubt. That's fun. I, I do wonder – 
who they're going to draft and what they're going to draft. And when they're going to draft. Yeah, and what side of the ball. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When do you get to that first offensive guy? Yeah. And what guy, And what position do you pick? Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, well, we're going to have all kinds of things to talk about over the course of the offseason. So, everybody, thanks so much for listening to this edition of Between the Horns. We will see you next time.